It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. My name is Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast. 2021 is here. Hopefully you had some great holidays as we said goodbye to 2020, and you're looking forward to a bright 2021. I know I am. So, uh, But one of the things I want to go over actually happened in 2020, the tail end of the year. They passed the $900 billion COVID relief package, 50-some hundred pages, and I'm going to go over some highlights that I think many people are going to want to make sure they understand moving forward. Some of this is going to potentially be tax planning opportunities, not only for 2020, but even beyond with some of the things that they packed in there. And just kind of go over some highlights of it so you're aware of what was in that $900 billion package. Because quite frankly, when you just read the headlines, all you see is like, you know, the direct payment of $600 or, you know, the new PPP program. But when we actually start to go through those 5,500 pages, and no, I did not read them, <laughs> I got the cliff notes, is we want to make sure that we really understand some of the things that were buried in there to see, first of all, is it something that we can take advantage of moving forward, or is it something we want to be aware of that maybe is going to cost us some money? So before I jump into that, let's make sure that we deal with the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so let's talk first of all, we all have heard about the $600 direct payments that are going to go out. And of course, there's still some talk that they're going to up that to $2,000 and possibly some changes on who's eligible for that. But let's talk about what actually passed. And that is up to $600 per taxpayer is going to be paid out directly. Those checks actually started going out last week, a very end of the year. But one of the things you want to realize is there's still what's called the AGI threshold or adjusted gross income threshold where they're going to phase out if the if you are eligible for it or potentially reduce what that is based on your adjusted gross income. So here's what they are currently, is if you are filing single, then at $75,000 or below adjusted gross income, you're going to get the full $600. It starts to phase out at that $75,000 level, all the way up to then you're completely phased out at $87,700. 
for a joint, uh, people filing joint, it's going to be if you're 150, 150,000 of AGI or below, you're going to get the full $600. And then it starts to phase out and is completely gone by 174,000. And if you're filing head of household and you're 112.5 AGI, below that you get the full, and then it starts to phase out. It's completely gone by $124,500 of AGI. What they ended up doing is for every $100 you are over that AGI number, there is a, or you're basically, they're removing $5 per 100. So that's how we go, for instance, on a single filer. $75,000 of AGI and below, you're going to get the full and then slowly phases out. And once you get to that 87.7 number, you're completely gone. You're not going to get anything. One of the things you want to be aware of is if your 2019 tax returns, that's what they're going to be going off of, were higher than your actual 2020 returns, when you file, that the difference between those two amounts is going to be credited to your 2020 returns. So even though you might not be getting a check right now, or by the way, they're sending this out either as a direct deposit, as a paper check, or as a prepaid, I guess, Visa card, MasterCard, something like that, is in the event you don't get one, but your income actually fell in 2020, there's a good possibility if you're within those ranges when you file your return that there's going to be a credit issued to that. I will let you know, whenever they have done these things in the past at the very tail end of the year, I hope you don't think that the IRS or all the CPAs and accountants and accounting firms are automatically going to have an update to their software to be able to calculate what that's going to be. It's going to have to move through the system. So maybe waiting a little bit longer to file would actually be a smart a smart decision. The other thing you want to recognize is if 2020 year tax returns were actually higher than they were in 2019. And under the 2019 tax returns, you qualified for relief, either the full amount or even a partial amount. And now your 2020 returns are higher. You get to keep that money. They're not going to make you pay that back. At least that is as of right now, what is within the bill. By the way, I should have started this out, especially the tax things that I'm talking about. And I'm going to make sure that I discuss this along the way. Make sure you are talking to your tax professionals in the event you're going to use one of these strategies, or for for instance, what I specifically just said about 2019 returns versus 2020 returns. So make sure that you're discussing that with them. And at least here, you're getting that information to be able to talk with them about it. Now, let's talk about the PPP loans, because I know we have a lot of business owners that listen to the podcast out there. There were numerous changes, not only to the new PPP, I think they're actually calling it the PPP2 program, and, and who's eligible for a second round of relief. But they also made extensive changes in the event that you took out a PPP loan on the first and second installments back in uh, April and I believe in uh, May. There's different uh, processes now on how you ask for relief based on the amount that the loan was for, what your period of coverage is, eight weeks to 26 weeks, I believe is what it is. And then also the deductibility of the expenses where you're getting forgiveness for that PPP loan. There was a dramatic change there. So you want to make sure that in the event you are self-employed or a business owner, 
that you're discussing this with your CPA, especially in the event you have already filed for forgiveness and you possibly could have changed your books, which is going to change your P&L for this year. You want to make sure that you go back and you take a really good look at making sure that you are maximizing the opportunity that is allowed to you under the PPP loan. So um, really important. Make sure you're going over that with, uh, with your CPA or, or tax professional. Now, the other thing they did with regards to unemployment, and that is the regular and the pandemic unemployment is extended for another 11 weeks. And under the regular unemployment, they increased it by up to 300 or up to $300 per week for that 11 week extended period of time. Okay. Now, the one thing to understand about regular and pandemic, the pandemic part has to do with people that normally wouldn't have qualified for unemployment. For instance, being self-employed is that most of the time you don't qualify for unemployment, but now under the pandemic, you do. So it's real important to make sure that if you're in that situation, that you're, you're getting the full amount that you are entitled to. Again, they extended all of that by 11 weeks. Here's another one that wasn't talked about as they put it. Well, I'm sorry, let me back up. They did. They talked about it extensively. And there was all this. um, I actually did a podcast on this back in July, which was talking about this idea that Trump wanted to do away with Social Security. And what he was really doing was he was putting in place a tax holiday for payroll taxes for employers and employees. Now, it wasn't forever. It was only through the end of the year. And what most people didn't realize is that he was going to require the payment back of those taxes. Now, the other thing was the employer and the employee, this was elective. So for instance, for for us here, we elected not to actually go on that tax holiday. We kept paying our normal payroll taxes as normal. But you did have that option of doing that at the employer and the employee level, but it had to be paid back. Well, what they did is they extended that deadline all the way to repay those payroll taxes all the way to December 31st, 2021. So now there's a full year that in the event you did that, the tail end of the year, you weren't paying those payroll taxes, that now you can have more time to pay it back. Again, it does have to be paid back and there's there potentially, if you were a business owner or an employee that did this, you want to be speaking to your CPA about your, how you're going to end up getting that payback. Because if you don't pay it back, it's no different than you know not paying your taxes. There's potentially going to be uh, interest and penalties on those. So real important to make sure that you are, you're, you're knowing if you did take advantage of that, how you're going to be paying it back. Okay. So here is something that I think is really big. And I know that I had some conversations with clients in the fourth quarter specifically talking about what do we need to do about qualifying medical expenses that we can take as deductions. Well, what what happened last year under the CARES Act is they actually reduced what you can take to be what's over what's 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. Now, quite frankly, over the course of the last couple of years, it's, it's went back and forth between 7.5% and 10%. Now it is 7.5% is the permanent amount moving forward for your qualifying medical deductions. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, if I make numbers easy, if I have income of a hundred, my adjusted gross income is a hundred thousand dollars under the 10% rule, 
that means that I could only deduct medical expenses, qualifying medical expenses, that were over $10,000 or 10% of my AGI. So if I didn't have over $10,000, even though I might have put them on my Schedule A, I don't get to take advantage of it because it's disqualified. That first 10 grand is disqualified. Well, what they have done in the seven, now 7.5% is that same $100,000 adjusted gross income amount. Now my qualifying medical expenses, I can write off anything over 7,500. So for instance, if I had, uh, make make numbers easy, $15,000 of qualifying medical expenses, under the new 7.5% rule, I can write off $7,500 on my Schedule A and be able to take advantage of it. Well, under the 10% rule, I could only take five. So now we have that moving forward as permanent. So it's not just in the year 2020, but now moving forward. You want to make sure that you're paying attention, again, to the qualifying medical expenses and am I going to be able to take advantage of that? And I think that reduction uh, down to 7.5% uh, is really going to give the opportunity for more people to take advantage of that tax deduction on their Schedule A. Okay, the other thing that they did is they uh, extended the charitable contribution benefits. They modified and extended it. Here's what you have to pay attention to. To people that do not itemize their Schedule A. So if we think about where the standard deduction is now, in 2018 it was you know, risen pretty high, is if you're not doing an itemized, then now you can do a above-the-line deduction of $300 for a single or $600 for a joint for both 2020 and 2021. Now, what does that mean? If I'm not itemizing, what does an above-the-line deduction mean? That means that I get to reduce my adjusted gross income by that $300 or $600, depending on how I'm filing, if I uh, gave to a charity a cash contribution. So again, above the line, that's one of the best deductions that you can have is an above the line deduction versus an itemized deduction. So again, to go over that, that's going to be for 2020 and 2021 is if you are not itemizing your Schedule A, you're not taking advantage of it. Now, keep in mind, you might fill it out, your CPA might fill it out, but that doesn't mean you're actually using it. You want to see, hey, is my amount, is my Schedule A over and above what the standard deduction is. If it is not, now you get $300 above the line for a single, $600 if you're filing joint. And again, that's for 2020 and 2021. The other thing, now here's a big one, is uh, there was a big reduction in being, as a matter of fact, they just about got rid of it. And that was being able as a business owner uh, or in business to deduct meal expenses. Well, what they have done now for 2020 and 2022, it, this is not retroactive to 2020, is now your meal expenses potentially are 100% business deductible on the business return. Again, you're going to want to talk to your CPA about that, making sure that it is a qualified meal expense. But now, as an encouragement to get back out there and help support the restaurant industry, they are going to allow 100% deduction on the business for meal expenses. So that's a, that's a big deal right there. Now, the other thing, this is really important, especially if you still have student loans and you are employed, is that now the employer payment for student loans is extended through 
2025. And what in the world does that mean? Right now, the employer can pay up to $5,250 of tax-free education assistance used to pay the principal or the interest of an employee's qualified student debt. So this is something that, you know, if you're working for a large company and maybe they're offering different incentives and benefits, this is something you want to talk to them about because it comes tax-free to the employee to make this payment against principal and interest on a qualifying loan, a qualifying student loan, but it also is a uh, full deduction for the business owner or the business itself. So again, talk to your CPA, be talking to your HR departments. Are they aware of this? Is this something that you as an employee, or if you're an employer and you have employees that fall under this, is this something that you can take advantage of? Again, Fifty-two fifty per year right now, and this is going to go through twenty twenty-five. So we're talking about twenty twenty-one all the way to twenty twenty-five. That can be some serious ways to decrease your student loan debt. This kind of stinks because they they didn't get this out in time for people really to be able to see it. But if you did have money remaining in your flexible spending account your health flexible spending account. Now you can roll over $550 into the next year and not lose it. Now, this is not something that automatically is put in place. This is optional by the company. So if you're, again, if you're employed, you want to be speaking with your HR department to find out in the event there were monies left in your your flexible spending account, they, they are going to allow you to extend that over and still use those funds in 2021. There, there's a couple things that the business is going to have to do to make sure that, you know, possibly getting some amendments onto their FSA account. So you want to be talking to them. Again, this stuff just happened at the end of the year, which is unfortunate because they, sh- they would have got it done earlier than people would have known about this. But in the event you have that money there, Make sure that you are speaking with your uh, HR department to find out if your business, if your employer is going to implement that and then what that's going to look like for you. Let's talk about a couple of the things that were not in this $900 billion stimulus package for COVID. One of them, which was really, I really thought they were going to put it out there, but they decided not to, is there is no inclusion of forgiveness of required minimum distributions for 2021. Let me repeat that. In the year 2020, under the CARES Act, you did not have to take out a required minimum distribution out of your qualifying retirement accounts. They allowed you not to do that this year, and you didn't have to make it up. But as of right now, with the new bill that they have put into law, they are not forgiving the minimum distribution requirement for 2021. So you want to, now that doesn't mean that they can't change it. But as of right now, you want to be aware that if you are at that point where you're having to take minimum distributions, keep in mind, this is not just for people over the age of 72. This is for anybody that has inherited an IRA or a Roth IRA. So any type of qualifying retirement account in 2020, you did not have to take a minimum distribution. But as of right now, you need to move forward with the understanding that you are going to be required now to take one for 2021. Now, the other thing that they didn't do is the student loan relief where they, they dropped the, um, the qualifying 
student loans, interest got uh, dropped to zero, and that went through January 31st of 2021, so essentially at the end of this month. They did not extend that moving forward. So as of right now, beginning February 1st, everything with regards to student loan interest, payments, all of that reverts right back to where it was before COVID. So you want to be aware of that and making sure that if you are in that situation where um, you're having to make payments and you looked at where that interest was dropping all the way to zero, that now you're communicating with um, whoever is holding those loans to make sure that you are getting back on pace with regards to the payments and any type of deferral that you had the opportunity to take advantage of. As of right now, all of that reverts back to normal February 1st of 2021. So listen, everyone, I know that's a lot of information. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. We're here to help you with this. You can go right to speakwithmat.com and schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call to me. If you are a business owner, I'm more than happy to talk to you and your CPA coming up with a strategy on does the PPP loan make sense, making sure you're taking advantage of these new rules that they just put into place, especially if you had already requested forgiveness and you were given the forgiveness. So again, you can reach out to us directly, 610-719-3003, or you can go right to my online calendar, speakwithmatt.com, and schedule a time to talk then. Well, listen, everyone, hopefully this has been helpful and valuable, and we look forward to seeing you and talking with you in 2021. Everybody take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks.